You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. We see in Caleb, he was, he was a man who, who did great things. He drove out the children of, of an act. But then he says, okay, who wants to get involved and have some blessings? Who wants to have some blessings of the Lord? I love that. And that's a pastor's job. A pastor gives the word of God, and he says, okay, who wants to get involved? Who wants to receive a blessing? You know, we look at these ministry opportunities, and the first thing we think of is work. Oh, the first thing you should be thinking of is blessing. It's a blessing when we serve the Lord. All of us would like to be blessed by God. We pray for His blessings, maybe on a daily basis. But when He calls on us to serve Him, we resist. Pastor Dave explains in today's message, serving God is a privilege. It should not feel like a dreaded obligation. When we serve Him joyfully, we experience blessings. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua, chapter 15, with part one of his message, The Lot of Judah. We're going to be looking at Joshua 15. As we go through these next chapters, basically 15, 16, 17, into 18, and even 19, we're going to be talking a lot about the division of the land. And although we said that it might be tedious in places, it wasn't very tedious to the people whose land they were receiving. And it wasn't very tedious to those who were waiting to see what land they would get. So, I don't believe there's anything in God's Word that's not important. So although we might not talk specifically about various things, we are going to read through. I'm not so sure if I'm going to read that list of names, but we are going to read through the chapter. Eliezer the priest and the heads of the children of Israel now are going to divide or continue dividing the land. They're going to continue dividing the lands according to the inheritance, which was predetermined by Moses and God, but which they threw lots for. They threw lots, and that was a way of determining God's will back then. They threw lots. Of course, we read last week in Proverbs 16.33 that it says, The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. You may throw as many... Dice as you want. The reality is, the Lord is going to accomplish his purpose. Because he's the one that is moving it. The Lord gave this land to the Israelites as an inheritance. He gave it. And on a predetermined, in his mind, he gave it to them in these quantities and in these spaces. The Lord made the decision which tribe got what, so to speak. It was the Lord's will. Like I said, we pick straws. Sure, the straw has to do this. You know, we pick straws. We spin wheels to determine outcomes. We do all sorts of things. But it's the Lord who determines what our life looks like. It's the Lord who has given us a lot in life. A Lord who has chosen a lot that we might have. And in fact, in Proverbs 16, where we got the thing about the lot, in Proverbs 16, specifically in verse 9, 
It says something similar. It says a man's heart plans his ways. But the Lord directs his steps. How many of you plan something in your heart? Plan something at which you might do. And it turned out completely different than what you had thought it was going to do or going to be. That's because you had planned it. But the Lord had a different plan. The Lord had a different purpose for those things that happened. Because ultimately, God's in control. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. Because, you know, he's so gracious and wonderful. He let me have control of my life for a while. And, oh, brother, what a mess I made. What a mess I made. But God's going to accomplish his purpose in any and all situations in our lives. Even when we misstep, God will accomplish his purpose. And he will use that misstep to guide you closer to him and guide you back to him. The victorious Christian, which is what we study in Joshua, we've been calling ourselves victorious Christian. The victorious Christian places their whole trust in the Lord and then is satisfied with the results that the Lord gives. How many people you know say, I trust in the Lord, but aren't satisfied with the lot that the Lord has given them? That beautiful, beautiful psalm. David declares, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Talk about contentment. Talk about wonderful, peaceful contentment, knowing that the Lord is going to give to you what he purposes it. And anything coming from the Lord has got to be good, right? It's got to be good. For what are all his promises, yes and amen. All his promises, yes and amen. So we see that. So as we come now to verses 1 through 12, this first part of this chapter, we see that the land of Judah, or the land is going to Judah now. Judah is the one in mind. And we saw that Caleb stepped up last week, who is a part of the tribe of Judah, who basically is the leader of the tribe of Judah, and he asked for a portion of land. We're going to get to that again in a minute. But let's read verses 1 through 12. And see how badly we can damage these names. Let's read. Beginning in verse 1. So this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. The border of Edom at the wilderness of Zin, southward, was the extreme southern boundary. And their southern border began at the shore of the Salt Sea, from the bay that faces southward. Then it went out to the southern side of the accent of Akrabim, passed along the, of, to Zin, ascended to the, north, the south side of Canish Barnea, passed along to Herzon, went up to Adair, and went around to Karkea. From there it passed toward Asmon and went up to the brook of Egypt, and the border ended at the sea. This shall be your southern border. The east border was the Salt Sea, as far as the mouth of the Jordan. And the border of the northern quarter began at the bay of the sea at the mouth of the Jordan. The border went up to Beth Hagla, and passed north of Beth Arabah. And to the border went up to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. The border went up to Debir, from the valley of Achor. And it turned northward toward Gilgal which is before the ascent of Adamon. 
which is on the south side of the valley. The border continued toward the waters of En Shemesh and ended at En Ragal. The border went up to the valley of the son of Hinnom and the southern slope of the Jebusite city, which is Jerusalem. The border went up to the top of the mountain that lies before the valley of Hinnom, westward, which is in the valley of Rephim, northward. The border went around from the top of the hill to the fountain of the water of Nephthoah and extended to the cities of Mount Ephron. And the border went to Balaha, which is kirjath Jerum. Then the border turned westward from Balaha to South Zaire, Mount Zaire, passed along to the side of Mount Jerum on the north, which is Sesalon, went down to Beth Shemesh and passed on to Timnah. And the border went out to the side of Ekron northward. Then the border went around to Shirkron, passed along on Mount Belaha, and extended to Jabneel, and the border ended at the sea. The west border was the coastline of the Great Sea. This is the boundary of the children of Judah all around, according to their families. Woof. Say some of those names five times. Much of the region encompassed by these tribes would later fall under the heading of the kingdom of Judah. Israel, the nation Israel under Rehoboam, Solomon's son, will split, will divide. And the northern part will be called Israel. But the southern part, which would be Benjamin, Judah, and Simeon, will be called the kingdom of Judah. The kingdom of Judah. This will happen. David's grandson, Rehoboam. The tribe of Judah encompassed nearly one-third of the total land area west of the River Jordan. The allotment was by far the largest portion granted by any tribes of Israel, and in all the allotments spanned nearly 2,300 square miles. It was a massive place. Caleb paved the way for the tribe of Judah because he was the prominent leader of the tribe of Judah. The people became angry. Excuse me. When the Lord became angry at his people for their lack of faith, he addressed Moses as such in, in the tabernacle. And Moses again interceded for the people. Caleb had a different spirit. Caleb was filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. And he wholeheartedly followed God. He wholeheartedly followed God. And because he did that, the Lord said, you're not going to die off in 40 years like everybody else, but you're going to go into your land, you and all your descendants, and you're going to inherit this land, Caleb. But God had determined that the tribal allotment for the tribe of Judah, it was a reward because of Caleb's faithfulness. We spoke about this last week. It was a reward for Caleb's faithfulness. God simply wants his people that have faith in his power. He wants people. What will he find when Jesus comes back to earth? What does the scripture say? I want to find what? Faith. I want to find faith. Will I find faith? And this is what God wants. Caleb was a man of great faith. We spoke about that last week. He was a man of great faith. And he was rewarded for his great faith. God's choice in the allotment for the tribe of Judah would play a significant role in the longevity that is shown by the Davidic dynasty. What is the Davidic dynasty? The dynasty that started with the King David. And the one that will last forever. Because one will always sit upon the throne of King David. 
And that one is Jesus Christ, who descended from King David and is part of the Davidic dynasty. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing here. The geography of Judah's allotment basically isolated the tribe. I mean, if you look at that, they're all the way down in here. They're basically isolated from the rest of the tribes that are all congealed up here. That was the only vulnerable region. The only vulnerable region was there, and also to the north. The east was protected by the Great Sea. The south and the west was also protected by geographical barriers. This is a wonderful place. This was a wonderful place for Judah to have. It was the prime land. But as you look back, now you can read through these names and you know, you can go through them really fast. And, and I thought about going through the next three chapters at, at a good speed. But you know me, I have to take my time. But if you look at these things, I want to point out several things. I'm going to see, kind of like we'll have some Bible quizzes here to see how good students you are. Okay? Have some fun. It says, given the descriptions, it says, The border of Edom, and you can see Edom on your colored map, the wilderness of Zin. The wilderness of Zin. Does that strike a bell with anybody? The wilderness of Zin. Z-I-N. Does that strike a bell? What happened in the wilderness of Zin? What happened in there? Right. Mount Sinai. What else happened there? What else happened there? They wandered for 40 years in the wilderness of Zin. They wandered aimlessly for 40 years. But something Tragically happened to Moses at that spot. Tragically happened in the wilderness of Zin in Numbers 20. What was it? He struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to the rock. The second time. The second time. They were thirsty. And Moses had had it with them. Must I strike this rock again when God told him to speak to the rock? Of course, we're told in the New Testament that the rock was none other than Jesus Christ. He was struck once for us. But then to receive the living waters through the Holy Spirit, we must ask him, speak to him. You can see that analogy. So you can find that in Numbers 20. All right, as we move down this list, it mentions Kadesh Barnea. What is special about Kadesh Barnea? What is special about Kadesh Barnea? That's where the spies were sent out. The spies were sent out from Kadesh Barnea. That's where the rebellion took place when they came back. When they came back and the spies, Joshua and and Caleb said, Come on, guys, we can go into the land. The Lord's giving us the land. And the other ten spies says, No, we can't go. There are giants. And Israel rebelled against God. Israel rebelled against God. And that's basically when the scripture says, today if you hear my voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion, as you did in that day. Right. The people rebelled against God and refused to enter the land. And God wanted to wipe them out. And Moses interceded. And he said, okay, you're all going to die in the wilderness. Not one of you will enter the promised land. And we read where Caleb was granted to enter the promised land. And Joshua was Uh, able to enter the promised land. In verse 7, we find something familiar, something that we've already studied in Joshua, the Valley of Achor. The Valley of Achor. Anybody remember what the Valley of Achor was? The Valley of Trouble. Who was in trouble? 
man by the name of Achan, because he sinned and took something from Jericho. And that is where he was stoned to death, in the valley of Achor, the time, day of trouble, day of trouble. Of course, you all recognize the word Gilgal. Gilgal is their camp. This is where they constantly return to as a camp. It was found in Judah. But in 18 verse 1, when we get to that chapter, they move. They take their camp from Gilgal to a place called Shiloh. And finally, there's a city that is a Jebusite city that's mentioned there. Its name is Jerusalem. We're going to talk about that a little more when we get to the end of the chapter. So as we move on now, as we move on, in verses 13 through 19, we once again see our buddy Caleb. Now, to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord of Joshua, namely Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Anak was one of the giants. He was the kind of head of the giants. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there, and there are their names. Then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly the name of Debir was Kerjeph Sefer. And Caleb said, He who attacks Kerjeph Sefer and takes it to him, I will give Asa, my daughter, as wife. So Othaniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it. And then Caleb gave Ashtas, his daughter, as wife. Now it was so, when she came to him, which is her father, that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you wish? And she answered, Give me a blessing, since you have given me land in the south. Give me also all springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Interesting. Here we see Caleb now. I have to tell you this. Does anybody know what Caleb's name means? Anybody find that out? Anybody go look about that? It means dog. It means dog. We'll get to that. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. It means dog. So Caleb wasn't only a man of great deeds and bold deeds, driving out the children of Anak, but he's also a man who encouraged others and allowed others to do work of the ministry. And I love that. He says he's done all this work. He took care of the three people from Anak. And he sees this other place that needs to be taken care of. Remember, the deal was, when they got their land allotment, they were supposed to then conquer the rest of the land. They were no longer going to conquer it as a whole. The two and a half tribes have gone back over the Jordan, and they're now comfortably settled in their spot. And the land is being divided. But the deal was, they were supposed to go and conquer their land in their area. Bring that into our lives. It's up to you to allow the Lord to conquer the strongholds in the areas of your life. It's up for you to allow the Lord to take care of those things and to conquer those things. Because why? Because you're overcomers in Christ Jesus. Christ has overcome the world, and we're in Christ. In Him, we are overcomers. So it's up to us to conquer those troubling things that bought us. How do we conquer them? How do we conquer them? We give them to Him. (laughs) <laughs> it's, we give them to him. Now that sounds so trite and simple, but don't dare think it's simple. Don't dare think it's simple. I remember one time I was in a, uh, I was in a, in a, in a conference and, and, and Pastor Chuck was speaking. And he was talking about 
this very thing, how we have these strongholds in our lives and how we, we give them to the Lord and the Lord takes care of them for them if we allow him to do. And then somebody said, I have a question, Pastor Chuck. He says, what? He said, how come every time I give something to the Lord, I end up taking it back? He said, well, that's our flesh. He said, well, how many times do I have to give it to the Lord? He says, I don't know. Just keep giving it back to him. Just keep it and giving it to him and getting rid of it. Give it back. We take it to the foot of the cross and we're supposed to leave it there. We're supposed to leave it there. But so often, too many of us go back and seek back at night and pick it back up and take it for our own. We wonder why we can't get rid of it. We have to give it completely to the Lord. Caleb wholeheartedly followed the Lord. You realize what wholeheartedly means? It means with everything he had, he wholeheartedly followed the Lord. What did I could be able to say that about myself? That I wholeheartedly followed the Lord. That I never wavered. My faith was always strong. But unfortunately, that's not the case. What we see in Caleb is he, he, was, he was a man who, who did great things. He drove out the children of, of Anak. But then he says, okay, who wants to get involved to have some blessings? Who, who wants to have some blessings of the Lord? I love that. And that's a pastor's job. A pastor gives the word of God and he, he says, okay, who wants to get involved? Who wants to receive a blessing? You know, we look at these ministry opportunities and the first thing we think of is work. Oh, the first thing you should be thinking of is blessing. It's a blessing when we serve the Lord. So he offered his daughter to the marriage of any guy that is bold enough to conquer the city. So he gives this incentive of his daughter. And this, this guy, actually his nephew, Othaniel. And he becomes very, very important as we, when we get to the book of Judges, we'll see that he takes, basically takes over after Caleb. He takes over after Joshua. He takes over. And leads Israel for a while. And then his daughter. Look what his daughter learned. Look what his daughter learned from watching her father. Look what his daughter learned. He saw her dad walk up to Joshua and say, Hey, I want my blessing. I want what the Lord had promised me. So the daughter boldly walks up to her father and says, Hey, I want these springs. I want this fresh water. And he he gives it to her. Her daughter imitates her father's boldness, which is great. How many times do we read in the scriptures, do we read in the epistles where Paul and John are saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Be imitators of me as I follow Christ. Now, some people might think that, well, that's awful self-centered. What do you mean? I don't want to imitate you. I want to imitate Christ. Yes, but they're following Christ. So they want you to see their example of following Christ and Christ alone. Because they're always pointing to Christ. This is what Caleb did. Caleb always was pointing to the Lord because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord. And he was a thorough believer. He followed the Lord wholly. And it's interesting that seven times it says that he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Seven times in Scripture it talks about that. And we see how Caleb is this great man of faith. That's all the time we have for today on Cape Watch Radio. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you and that you've learned more about God's faithfulness throughout history and in your own life as well. Be sure to join us next time as Pastor Dave continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Joshua. We here at Cape Watch Radio would like to invite you to listen to more messages from Pastor Dave by visiting our website at capewatchradio.com. All Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. 
You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. That website again is capewatchradio.com. If you'd like a CD copy of today's message, just send us an email with today's date to info at capewatchradio.com or give us a call at 609-884-5821. That number again is 609-884-5821. We'd also love to know more about you and find out how we can pray for you as you continue on your journey of faith. Sometimes we all need a little extra prayer. We're so glad you joined us today on Cape Watch Radio. We'd like to encourage you to keep studying the Word of God and making Him a priority in your day. We pray that as you continue to learn more about the God-infused journey of the nation of Israel in the book of Joshua, that God will show you the blessings and promises He has for your life. And be sure to join us again right here on Cape Watch Radio.